0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. I am your host, Lindsay Pritchard Fox. Today, my interview is with Rebecca Dechico, who joined me for the recent Envision virtual conference presented by Enscape. It was a great event, so I hope you enjoy our discussion. Hello, everyone. I am Lindsay Pritchard Fox, founder of Build. And today I'm so excited because Rebecca Dechico, who is the global chair and founder of Women in BIM, is with me. Uh, Rebecca is also the principal of digital enablement uh, for our con. Um, I'm so excited that we're doing this. Uh, Welcome. Uh, There's so much to get started with, but why don't you give a little background into how you got where you are?
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess on the professional front, I've always been very interested in, you know, technology and having a degree in architecture, I always found that, you know, there was always these kind of digital um, tools that were able to enforce, you know, greater productivity. And it was something I was very interested in very early in my career as an architect. And um, I moved into a variety of different roles um, across different architectural practices. And uh, eventually I found myself in the UK, spent almost 10 years in the UK and that's where I think I I very much matured as a professional moving into the BIM world over there with the kind of the heavy mandate for BIM and moved into I guess more of a kind of senior role in the practices that uh, that I worked with but then I saw a great opportunity uh, for the industry on two fronts. Firstly the creation obviously of women in BIM which was in 2012 so we're almost at 10 years next year which is very exciting Um, and really the reason for I guess putting that group together to begin with was there was just a lack of, of industry support when it came to you know women in I guess digital construction roles not just in the UK but on a global front and I thought it was a great opportunity to bring people together to support women in these roles and to encourage young women to enter careers in construction because much of the data suggested that you know we are very much at a skills shortage in, in BIM uh, across the world. But at around the same time I also started my own business, my consultancy, Digital Node. and digital Node was very much a response to the lack of practical um, support when it came to BIM technology, BIM process, BIM guidance for clients or owners, um, and even obviously education and training, which uh, fundamentally became one of the, I guess the key components to the business offering. More recently in the last uh, six months, and I've just hit six months, Digital Node were acquired by the uh, engineering and advisory organization, Oricon, who very much uh, have brought us in to, I guess, grow the digital enablement offering within the business. And my role is very much, um, I guess, as as a leader in that space, uh, working internally to upskill our people and also offering wider services uh, to to industry across Asia Pacific, which is really exciting. So it's a a new challenge for me and I'm really um, obviously excited to be a part of it.
0: Well, congrats on all of that, like Thank you. Yeah, groundbreaking type things that you got going on. I um, that transitions kind of perfectly into the idea of, so you have building information modeling, how is it that we're going to be able to use building information modeling to inform early concept design? And that was sort of like the origin of um, my involvement with Envision and Enscape, which was not only connecting early conceptual design but really engaging the owners that are involved in projects and how to to i mean i love that you're you know direct principal of digital and in um enablement <laughs> because that's kind of the you know the whole purpose here so when you're working, if you put your architect hat on and you're working um, in early concept design development, is that something that you utilized uh, building information modeling um, to, you know, fast track, move through the process faster?
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that really stood out for me early in my career was um, the enabling technologies that supported uh, the BIM process effectively, and looking at how some of those technologies can very much inform how we understand uh, the design process, how we communicate with um, different disciplines, and really having informed buildings. You know, I've worked on buildings predominantly and now I've moved into, I guess, the wider kind of built um, environment, but certainly when it came to uh, using the different technologies to support the BIM process early on in the design stage, I found that, you know, we, I guess we, we were able to push through, you know, much quicker on design changes on, again, understanding the, the, I guess, the physical nature of the way that the building functions, and really informing the client, you know, on how we can actually um, use the asset, you know, how the asset can be used in its physical reality, because that's really, you know, what it was about. So for us, you know, and again, you know, with all the Um, the exciting stuff that I did early in my career, you know, using, you know, digital technologies like Revit and, um, you know, 3D Studio Max and all those sorts of, you know, fun tools back then. It was very much having just, you know, clear visibility really for for both the teams that we worked with and and clients.
0: And that was sort of my driving force. So my entry into the AEC was anything but conventional. So I started out as a large... I had to run my own large scale renovation edition project and I got to the other side of it. And I said, I feel like everybody was imagining things differently. Like they were looking at the 2d documents that I had for, um, you know, for build out and construction documents. And there was a lot of imagination involved and yeah. to have, each member of the team being able to read these digital, uh, sorry, the PDFs that were coming into my project. I'm like, well, how do I know that everybody's kind of imagining this the same way? Um, because there are some metrics out there that are talking about how 93% of owners don't understand construction documents. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in a room, especially in like a larger scale commercial project, like nobody wants to be the one in the room saying, wait, I I don't understand how those systems are going together, can we stop and explain it? So, Um, So seeking to find solutions to those pain points drove me into interior design, construction management, and eventually into building information modeling. And where we have advanced is how accessible the real-time rendering softwares make uh, the building information modeling process to the entire team. Mm.
1: And, and you know, it's funny because I think there's a lot of confusion out there regarding, you know, regarding BIM and, you know, what BIM um, can be utilized for. And I think, you know, if you look down and kind of delve down into the different disciplines that work across you know design build and operate it's about just linking the way that we can i guess visualize and understand the the, the, the assets and you know for me particularly um and again working in architecture you know we, we were designing large-scale commercial projects you know retail sports etc and using traditional means you know 2d drawings and stuff like that it was really difficult and it was difficult to communicate those ideas and i and I, for the life of me i can't work out how you know, we wasted so much time because the technology just wasn't there yet, you know, 15 years ago or so. And I think now, you know, we have, I think, you know, the, the rapid rate of increase of technology, particularly with, again, that communication mechanism, you know, how we communicate back to our clients. It's so important. And I think without using those types of technologies and, you know, different tools and physical items like, you know, headsets and AR and VR, et cetera, I think we can't possibly um, communicate, you know, what we're trying to achieve in the early design stage without BIM technology.
0: It's very true and I feel like I th- one of the reasons why I'm so moved by it is because I felt the consequences of change orders in my project. Um, mm-hmm. And it just creates huge project lag, it creates waste, it- just creates rework that is so inefficient. And I, it's interesting that um, building information modeling has been around for so long. However, like it, what is it going to take to get um, the ecosystem to really accept it? And so my kind of philosophy on all of that is engaging the owner. Um, so what are your, what are you seeing? Um, with owner engagement, how to drive that type of enthusiasm and immerse, immerse immersive design
1: experience. I think there's, um, there's different levels of maturity on the owner side, uh, across the world. And I think when it comes to the experience I've had in the UK, it's very much been, I guess, an understanding by owners on the kind of strategic, um, vision of how BIM can enable, you know, tying data together, etc. So, on that front, it's been really easy to communicate, you know, the clients and the owners in the UK. But having said that, in less mature regions like Australia and Asia, I think using some of the technologies to almost kind of, you know, um, draw them in effectively um, to allow them to understand how the technology can support a data-driven approach is really the way that we're starting to position our conversations with clients. Because now for me, especially in, my, in the role that I sit Within Oricon, it's very much a strategic role, you know, looking at, you know, what is the, you know, current condition of the client or the owner in terms of the way that they design, build and operate their assets and then how can we enable them to understand, I guess, the positive impact of BIM. So there's, it, I guess it depends on the on the client or the owner that you're working with, but certainly using technology as a communication tool is a good way to, to draw them in to start with. And I think there's a wider conversation around, you know, the, the, the information requirements that they need and looking at industry standards to support that. But certainly there is, um, you know, there is I think a, a strong pull when, when, when we come to looking at the technology and how that can enable the process.
0: Yeah. And I'm pulling from, I found this great, um, uh, study that was done by McGraw Hill and the smart market report that talked about, you know, how the enthusiasm of owners for BIM is just kind of, uh, really taking off. And I feel like the, there's some percentages in here that talk about, you know, like 85% of, um, project stakeholders are seeing a return on their investment, like a really good ROI, And Mm -hmm. to the point where some owners, even in the U.S., have stopped measuring, you know, because it's not really like it's just comprehensively so much better that the effort that they're going to, like, you know, catalog all of those benefits is kind of like, well, now we like this. We're going to commit to it. Um, And that's new, right?
1: I mean, I was just going to say, I think there's a... um there's a there's a strong appetite now for um, utilising the BIM process with enabling technologies because of the fact that the construction industry very much lagged behind you know manufacturing and aerospace and other industries that were much more forward thinking and adopting technologies in a way that enabled that profitability enabled that link to. Um, accessing data at the right time, um, you know, for the right purpose. So I think the construction industry very much is now starting to acknowledge the impact of kind of that, that digital enablement piece because there is no choice, you know, and owners are actually seeing the value because they understand the way that that technology impacts other elements of the way that they utilise their, their information. So I think it's it's really um it's really interesting because the ROI debate that we you know we used to have that debate in the UK early on in the BIM proce- you know in the BIM process in in um in the UK because of the mandate over there but I think that conversation is being had less and less so mm-hmm. it is really you know it's 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 really exciting time to be involved in construction I think
0: well, and I think one of the things that they're saying is that the owners need to get familiar with how to um, specify their BIM requirements and like be familiar as to like what the actual resources are, and so that's why when we're when I'm using a real time rendering uh, software with like Enscape, I make a point to say that this is you know Enscape, and so it's something that can be communicated in any phase of your construction, whether you're involving Tiver built or any other architectural firm like is this is this something that I get a real-time rendering software with like just say that please owners just say that
1: (laughs) I think you know that the debate with how clients or owners specify their requirements is a really strong one still across the world because there's still a lack of I guess understanding of of you know what what the what BIM is you know how BIM can effectively enable them to be Um, to be more productive and to utilize, you know, information better. And that's why, you know, industry standards and, you know, I'm an advocate for industry standards because we constantly talk about, you know, consistency in process. And if a client doesn't have an understanding of what they require for a number of assets, potentially, you know, a type of asset, then they'll continually try and reinvent the wheel. And I think that's why it's really important for, people like us effectively to help them establish what those information requirements are and then bring in, you know, um, support to enable that, you know, but it's a real, it's, it's, it's I think an evolving space at the moment because there's a real lack of that, that knowledge on the client side today.
0: Well, and in the U S like this study is talking about how, Owners can be as enthusiastic as they want about building information modeling, but their biggest concern is um, people trained in in that specific skill. And then are you hiring a BIM consultant that's removed from the core team or kind of involved with the core team, but... Um, Rather than having like the design team be your BIM consultant, or having the general contractor be your BIM consultant, like is that a is that a third party in your group that's that's helping you set those standards and understand the resources a little bit
1: better? And in, the, in it's funny because <clears throat> excuse me, in the UK there was an uptake of um, of new startups, which were effectively these you know BIM consultancies, which were offering both technical support um, and guidance during, you know, again, either appointed by the owner or by the lead consultant, like the architect or the the contractor to support them in developing the information models, developing the, you know, the, the 3D data, et cetera. Because like you said, there was just a lack of industry knowledge. And I'm seeing that um, you know, that happen and that process of, you know, the uptake of these kind of mini consultancies happening now in regions like, you know, Australia and Asia, et cetera, because there's just a lack of um, of, of skills and that that's a real issue. And this is why I think it ties in nicely with women in BIM, because one of the key elements of women in BIM is enabling um, more women to enter careers in construction, because we're still seeing too many women leave the industry, too many women not having visibility of these types of roles and also not being rewarded for these types of roles, um, you know, with remuneration, et cetera. So I think bringing in a diverse pool of skill with people from different, obviously different genders, different backgrounds, different, um, you know, ethnic minorities, et cetera, it's really important today because we need to be encouraging, I guess, you know, a, an uptake in 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 these types of skills across our sector.
0: From the beginning, because, you know, this is a kind of a, you know, a burgeoning uh, market for, you know, I have an architect, I have a contractor, I have trade contractors, what, who's managing the information associated with each of those layers. Um, And it's really exciting because it's, it's a new way to be in the industry. And we've got people that are, you know, members of Women in BIM that like were completely outside of the AEC industry that got pulled in because of this, you know, huge enthusiasm for technology in construction. Because yeah. honestly, like people thought that those yeah it was an oxymoron. Like you, like construction technology were just like, oh, what are you talking about? Like you know, a power tool um so that's exciting (laughs) to me is that you're actually pulling in from like entirely different sectors and getting oh wait yeah this is cool let's do this
1: totally and you know what I always um I always refer back to uh very strong global initiatives when I talk about um why women in BIM is important to support the uptake of of skills in BIM and one of the kind of um the key I guess one of the key draw cards for me is looking at what is the, um, you know, what are the world, what's the World Economic Forum saying? What are the United Nations sustainability goals to, to support the future of our world? And the built environment is effectively, um, a, you know, an enormous part of the built of the, um, you know, of our economies and our growth and our, the structure of our world. And one of the key sustainability goals is gender equality and not just gender equality in regions where, you know, Obviously, that's a real issue, but gender equality across all sectors to enable growth. And this is, again, why groups like this are so important, because they effectively link into some of these kind of larger global initiatives, which, you know, I I think, you know, and I think about it often, I think, you know, if, if we didn't exist, it would be a real problem because, you know, there needs to be something driving the uptake of, of women in these roles, you know, across the world. And like I've, you know, like I've mentioned to you before, Lindsay, there's, you know, we've got members across all regions and some of the less mature regions that require support, they're starting to really take on, um, you know, t- take on board what we're trying to achieve with women in BIM, which is just f- phenomenal.
0: I absolutely agree. I'm a very enthusiastic member. In fact, I keep asking for more and more responsibility. <laughs> which I'm very excited to be engaged yeah. with. Um, and then, I mean, when you talk about like larger global sustainability goals and that that for building information modeling to inform sustainability, I think that the construction industry often just gets burdened and laden with extra layers of requirement. It has to be done sooner, faster, co- more cost-effective, less waste. And I'm like, the only way we're really going to achieve... Any of those grand goals for the industry is if we are actually absorbing new talent and new technology and related to that. And I, that's it, it really does make it possible. Cause I don't, if you look at the analog construction industry, how is anybody supposed to make a zero waste house when uh, we can't even get the owners to know what it looks like when they're looking at their construction documents? Like that just seems, yeah like a ridiculous expectation to put on anybody. Now let's apply it to, you know, giant infrastructure.
1: Totally. And you know, it's funny because of the lack of, um, or the inability for um, the ease of global trade for materials and, um, you know, and services based on the fact that we're in a very different world um, at the moment, you know, I think BIM for sustainability is becoming an increasingly important conversation to asset owners because they need to locally source um, skills, you know, products, et cetera. And I think that's where um, we're seeing again, a, a strong uptake in BIM and BIM enabled processes via, you know, in the last few years, based on the impact of, of COVID and the inability to, you know, to trade as well as we were able to in the past.
0: Absolutely. Like, I mean, I have felt that you know, keenly in managing our own construction projects. And I've utilized the early immersion of real-time rendering software with our building information model to ensure that our clients are satisfied with the materials that they're selecting and the layouts that they uh, have chosen because they don't have the, uh, hey, I'm gonna call up my material supplier and I'm gonna get like a whole new batch of siding cause I didn't like that one. And I'm yeah. like, um, yeah, no, definitely cannot do that. Like, you've got an eight week lead time on this material. Let's be really sure about it.
1: <laughs> definitely. definitely. And I think, you know, as you keep saying, you know, with having a clear understanding of the way that a material functions using, you know, like obviously the visibility of those materials on a building, particularly, is really important. But what, you know, what is the, you know, what is the the, the information, you know, re- behind that material? How will that material age? How is it maintained, et cetera, et cetera? And, they're the sort of um, conversations again, you know, we're having now more regularly, which is really a really exciting time, I think.
0: I mean, yes, it is an exciting time and I'm glad to be part of it. It's, um, I feel like there was early conversation and enthusiasm for building information modeling that died off um, because there was like, oh, here's this cool new toy. (laughs) And then like, oh wait, this toy doesn't play with any other toys. So what are we doing in this industry to make sure that a building information modeling is, uh, our model is cohesive, shareable, like what's the standard language around that? And I feel like you've been integral in that development.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, using, again, you know, because we, we often talk now and and really I've moved away, you know, slightly from the delivery side because, you know, obviously early in my career, it was very much about delivering Um, buildings and using technology to deliver buildings but now it's about informing you know some of the young emerging architects and engineers about the the impact of the BIM technology and how obviously the BIM process can can help them you know work it can help them achieve greater results it can help them communicate uh, more effectively between each other you know especially emerging professionals emerging engineers and like I said architects young people that are really um, very passionate about using technology to support the process.
0: And that's, uh, if you circle back to like the era of your, you know, architectural experience and you had talked about the uh, cumbersome nature of communicating your design ideas. Mm. And I mean, I've experienced that because I, you know, came into the industry late. I did the interior design program. I did construction management. Um it's a huge point of frustration to be able to have like the to have the good tools that are that are enabled to to show very often that as designers we can be um, anticipate need better than the owner even could imagine. But how are Definitely. we able to display that?
1: And I think there's, you know, I, I remember working very early in my career, you know, working in, um, in I guess, 2D software and, and, you know, developing ideas in 2D software. But I always linked it back to, like I said, you know, um, creating a visual representation of form and materiality, et cetera, which, which was really just for that visual connectivity, you know, looking at the way that, a, that a, a form can be created that then ultimately then links into the way the building becomes a reality for me, that was so exciting. I mean, I, I did all of my work um, in my final year of university on how the technology can, you know, and how some of the technolo- technological tools can enable the design process and using design tools to support, you know, that, that I guess, moulding of form and, you know, form shaping and all that exciting stuff back then and, That was really, you know, I think pivotal for me in my career because when I first started out in industry, I thought, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Why aren't we utilizing some of these exciting tools, you know, that are, are, you know, populating our industry now? And again, this was 20 years ago, so I'm just, you know, I was baffled by that, but certainly... For me, particularly, you know, even just using you know AutoCAD and and you know drafting, I was always very meticulous in the way that I utilised those digital tools. So that kind of, I guess, just linked into the way that I developed my BIM, um, you know, my BIM passion, and then using BIM-enabled tools and the three D, you know, three D technologies, etc. So it all just blended into into kind of the evolution, I guess, of of where I am today and i think that's what we need to be teaching young people really is is about how the technology can support your day-to-day work you know how the bim process can support the way that you you know you utilize those tools and and then you know obviously work with other people
0: absolutely and then the ability to to just move through those phases so much faster because you've got the you got the visit visualization that's that you know the entire team doesn't have to imagine it like it's it's actually there um, in that kind of VR experience. it's it's just very powerful and it's something that um, that I use every day and that I am very excited that it could be a single source. And I think that's where I had a huge issue is that I could have anybody draw me a picture of a 3D perspective of a space, you know, saying, Oh, let's look at our construction documents. Let's, um, Oh, let me sketch what that room is supposed to look like. Um, but I actually felt like that devalued our project quite a bit because you could sketch anything you wanted. Mm. Whereas the single source environment, which is, I think really pushed into the market is that you do get that it's derived directly from the same file. that's going to be used for your construction documents.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, this I think there's still a, a strong place for, you know, having the advanced users as well, because, you know, people like, you know, like us potentially move into more senior roles, more management roles, and we need to bring, you know, the, the kind of the young, enthusiastic uh, people with the right skills or, or locate those people to train them up and upskill in that space. And that's, again, that's a real challenge. Because we're finding, you know, with some of the universities across the world, they're not really engaging with industry as much as they could be. And that's another, you know, probably another conversation we can have at another time. But certainly um, it's something that I'm really passionate about in, in, you know, enabling young people, like I said, in their university career to understand the reality, you know, of, of BIM in, you know, in industry.
0: Uh, yes, let's, let's do that. That's like, let's add that to our checklist. Um, but I wanted to just thank you and kind of wrap up and thank you for, uh, joining me today. We are on like opposite sides of the globe. So this was a bit of a challenge, but your insights have been so valuable. Thank you for the time. Thanks so much, Cindy. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Inside the Firm is on YouTube. Please subscribe. It really does help us reach a broader audience. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at ITF podcast. And uh, take a look at womeninbim.org and reach out with any questions. Thanks again.